genre. Godzilla in Geek by Night. What is this, a crossover episode of my favorite IPs? Welcome to Beyond Geek by Night, where we go behind the scenes of the Geek by Night podcast. On today's show, we'll be discussing the 39th episode, Making It Weird. So go lay a chocolate egg, which is canonically something that the Easter Bunny does, because we're about to go Beyond Geek by Night. I'm your host, Matt Bennett. I'm joined today, as always, by writer and creator, Scott Corelli. Hello. Geek by Night composer and voice of Max Carmichael, Scott Tofty. Hello. And the voice of Mindy, the always wonderful Morgan Spencer. Hi. Hey, everybody. So in episode 39, Making It Weird, it centers around an energy wave sweeping through McKinney City, bizarrely transforming the main characters. Charlie becomes a unicorn. Mindy is a Disney princess. Joel is a British rock star. Simon is a Dracula, among many other weird transformations. They grapple with their new forms while trying to rescue Lorelei. Meanwhile, in Simon's lab, his group attempts to reverse the effects. The climax involves a plan to infiltrate the Nakajima building, which has now transformed into Godzilla. Mindy uses a stunning musical number to lure Godzilla, and while the agents and last man join the fray, Joel enters Godzilla's mouth. So, uh, question number one is for Scott. Knowing that I am a huge Godzilla fan, I have to ask, do you think that it's fair to the other listeners of Geek by Night to write an episode that is specifically catered just for me? Absolutely not. It was not fair at all, but I did it anyway. Um, <laughs> we did it anyway. <laughs> but seriously, how, how did you guys at the writer's room come up with all of these hilarious transformations? We um, made ourselves laugh like a lot and tried to think of the most ridiculous combinations of of characters and um, you know, what would be the funniest for each individual character? What is like in some cases the most opposite, like Mindy, um, or in some cases a gag like the Easter bunny and the chocolate egg, um, which was a joke that I wrote into the episode and disgusted Cass and Nick so much <laughs> and I refused to cut it and I just made it worse with the sound effects that I chose. <laughs> I want to say as an actor, thank you for that. <laughs> You're very welcome. Um, yeah, no, I mean, this was, um, you know, I'd always, I, I, I wanted to do an episode that was absolutely batshit insane. Um, and I knew that I'd wanted to do that. I wanted to do like a really wacky episode and there was another version of, of what this was, um, which I can't talk about right now cause it, it, it's, uh, relevant to, um, the next two episodes, um, which was like a, a change of plans and things. Um, one of the, um, episodes that we threw out that I, I, uh, uh, discussed in last, um, beyond geek by night. Um, but, uh, yeah, once we figured out that, you know, um, Nathan was sort of in charge of this reality and the last time that he was in charge of an episode, um, you know, we had ghost story, which was like a big crazy episode, you know, where we started our discussion of this was just like, well, where, how do we escalate from, you know, uh, uh, a ghost attack on McKinney city. How can we escalate from that? And, um, this is what we came up with. Uh, and I think it's pretty wacky. And I think that everyone did a killer job, um, doing this and the song itself. Um, that was something that sort of grew organically out of, what we had sort of established, which was like just the gag that like <laughs> woodland creatures are like attracted to Mindy when she like just randomly sings as a Disney princess. And then we were like, wait, if we need to bring Godzilla to us and he's an animal, oh, we have to, this is going to be a song. There's going to be a whole song. I was going to ask because I was always curious if the idea of like, oh, we have to do like a musical kind of episode came first or if it grew out of the the script I, itself so that, yeah, i mean it had I, always been on, it, it had always been a wish list item right um you know 
we had long talked about maybe doing an episode where like back when we used to have like, um, you know, freak of the week stories to or lack of a better term, you know, like like a, we, we thought of like an episodic villain who hid their power was that they made everybody turn into a musical around them. Um, and we thought about doing that at one point and it just never fit organically into the story that we were telling. Um, and it wasn't until this that we thought of it. And uh, Tofty will talk a lot more about this, but based on how difficult this was, <laughs> I'm glad we never did a full blown musical episode yes. um, because the one song was so difficult. I, I, we started this episode. I think we had a first cut of the song two years ago. Um, wow. Yeah. yeah. It, it's been a really, really long time and it's just been sort of, iterating on that original version just over and over and over. Um, and, and it just got more, we, we spent like, I would say our entire budget on the season. I, I, we spent the most on this episode. Um, you're welcome. Yeah. Because we, we brought in, we actually brought in legit studio musicians to record all of the music for this song. Um, again, a process that I'm sure Tofty will go, into more detail about because he knows what he's talking about with that stuff much more than I do. I just know that it sounds great. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you know, like we, we wanted to write a song cause Mindy has a lot going on more than any other character. I think she has a lot more going on underneath the surface of like things that she's been dealing with that she hasn't really talked to anybody about. And we were like, if there was going to be like, this is kind of perfect because it allows her to get a lot of stuff out in the open that she hasn't really talked about yet. And so, you know, we came up with this whole concept of a song and wrote all the lyrics. And then we just sort of handle handed the lyrics over to Tofty and, uh, and then he took it from there. But yeah, overall, I mean, this was just a wacky episode and it turned out exactly the way I had always hoped a really insane, wacky episode of geek by night (laughs) would be. So I'm very thrilled with how this turned out, both the song and the episode itself. So b- before we get to the the music and the vocals of of making it weird, uh, I, I want to hear a little bit about the lyrics. Like, was it was it hard writing the lyrics to the first original Geek by Night song, or was it something that was was pretty easy once you had the idea all figured out? Um, I mean, you know, it was a thing where we had the basic concept, and um, we knew that like. It was going to be called making it weird because Mindy's worried about making things weird in the friend group while also like everything is so weird right now um, because of Nathan. And so like the double meaning of that. So we knew that that was going to be like kind of the hook of the song was going to be, um, you know, the the phrase making it weird. And we built it out of that. Um, if I remember correctly, um it was, I believe when we were writing this, Nick was out of town or was very, very busy. And so he did like an initial draft of it by himself. And then um, Cass and I um, sort of used that as a basis and then sort of wrote the whole thing together um, and then handed it back to Nick who like punched it up. Um, and then once we had the lyrics that we were happy with, we sent that to Tofty. And then Tofty, as he started laying music on it, um, tweaked the lyrics again just to like fit like timing and structure and all of that stuff. Which I don't think I did very much of. I, I seem to recall pretty much using almost exactly what you gave me. Maybe one or two like number of syllable counts had to change but it was right. pretty close yeah yeah no i mean and we were we were it was like cass and i on a zoom call just like going dut, 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 like counting with our fingers <laughs> like to make sure that like everything was lining up right um and uh and yeah and we had a tune in our head and the song didn't end up being that tune in our head but tofty's song is way better so <laughs> it all turned out fantastic um and uh i'm i'm so happy with that <clears throat> Um, yeah, so Tofty, I want to hear from you next. Uh, you know, you were just kind of handed lyrics to this song. Um, I, I'm curious to know before before we dive in, like, is that a, a starting point that you've had before in writing music or is it usually I, the other way around? I don't typically write music for other people's lyrics when I write. I mean, my my songwriting when it comes down to songwriting, not not the scoring itself, but actual like songwriting is mm-hmm. typically I'm either writing myself lyrics and music 
kind of together at the same time, or I start with a set of lyrics um, that I'm, you know, I I am able to mush around and change because they're mine. Or I've I've worked with a couple of partners in the past who, you know, I'll I'll write something and be like, I need a bridge. Can you put a bridge in here? Here's <laughs> the music, and you do this. But being given a like, these are the words, make this a song, is not something I've done a lot of. So it was that aspect of it was pretty interesting. And I didn't want to change too much of what was there um, just because, it, number one, what they gave me rhythmically, like it, it was a poem. They gave me a wonderful poem that <laughs> had a sense of meter and rhythm and rhyme. So it didn't need to be changed. Uh, and I think the song I wrote ended up being, you know, a generic enough Broadway pop song that <laughs> it like you could have put any set of lyrics into it um as long as they had good rhythm and meter and rhyme so they gave me good lyrics with rhythm and meter and rhyme. it was funny as hell too um and i tried to keep the structure of the song simple enough that it wasn't you know i didn't have to shoehorn anything in or you know cut up the lyrics or anything like that um so from that point um you know scott mentioned that you had studio musicians and things like that. Tell me about the the recording process. <laughs> so, from what I recall, ooh, from what I recall, sorry about that. <laughs> um, and and Corelli, correct me if I'm wrong because this was about two years ago, and my memory is garbage as it is anyway. <laughs> um, Scott's like, hey, we're gonna do a musical number in this episode. We're gonna give you lyrics, and oh, by the way, we have a budget. And I was like, what? a what now? <laughs> we have a what? <laughs> He's like, I want to do this. Like, right. We want this to be done. Really, Don't tell anybody. This is super on the down low. Um, the cast doesn't even know that we're doing this yet. <laughs> um, but we want to write this song and we want to actually like fully produce it with musicians. Here's your budget. What can you do? And I was just to interject for a second. To be clear, Morgan knew because I had to ask her if right, she okay. was willing to <laughs> sing a song in an episode. But no one else knew. Just Morgan. Right. So from there, the process was like, I just sat down. I think I sat down. I don't even remember what I wrote this on. Probably on like a keyboard during a prep period at my teaching job or something like a <laughs> piano. I can't imagine I wrote this on a guitar. I don't think I did. Um, I think I wrote it on piano, which is not my main instrument <clears throat> at all. Um so I, I started writing this song and I was kind of like in my head, I was hearing it as like something from like Wicked or like a more contemporary Broadway musical. I wasn't going to go like 42nd Street with this. I wasn't going to do something like Sondheim or Into the Woods. It was going to be something a little bit more just sort of like straight ahead, really easy to listen to, you know, pop Broadway. Mm -hmm. um, so it came out fairly quickly. Like I, it's hmm. one of those instances where I heard the the making it weird in my head and I put my hands on a D major chord and just sort of, you know, ran the arpeggio on the D major chord and was like, oh, there's my melody. <laughs> um, and then from there, it was, you know, it fairly simple chord progression and, and just getting the bones of the song down was not terribly difficult. Um, I think I, th I think I recorded a demo mm -hmm. in Logic Pro. Um, on the computer and started picking like what kind of instruments do I want I I, I don't think I ever put a guitar track on it <laughs> um, I think it you know the instrumentation that you hear I had like synth instrument versions of all that stuff to start with and I think when I sent it back to Corelli I don't remember what the response was but I'm sure it was akin to like oh my god I think the response was like pretty much like oh my god this, yeah. is, this is it yeah. And it was yeah. me singing and it was me singing in the key that the song is in, which is I'm like, oh, we're going to have to change this for Morgan. And I don't think we ever did. I think you <laughs> sang it in that key, mm -hmm. which was awesome because that would have been way more work for me. <laughs> um, I don't even know. I'm not sure, Morgan, maybe you can help me out. I don't know if the first version you heard was the demo or I can't imagine I would have gone through and gotten the session musicians no before yeah you sang it it was the demo with you singing mm -hmm. okay yeah yeah and then she used the she sang over the the synth version and that's the version that we played in the table read for everyone right which no one was expecting in the table read that we would have the song ready to go um and didn't we, we we recorded really cool. a video so cool. we made like a music mm -hmm. video of morgan because it was a zoom call yeah <laughs> so it's like morgan 
like we cut to this pre-recorded Zoom yeah. video of Morgan singing this song and threw it up. Everyone's like, "What is this?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh... Um, but yeah, and then from there it was, you know, the fun thing. So I'm gonna, you know, I want to, I want to real quick just mention the the people that I got to play on this. I ended Definitely. up playing. I went down to my buddy Sonny's studio here in Brooklyn. And I recorded the drum part. So that's me on the drums. I ended up playing piano. I actually went to my old high school band room and recorded the piano in my <laughs> old high school band room while I was shooting the shit with my old band teacher. Um, any of the synthesizer stuff on there is me. Uh, the French horns. I don't remember how I found this person. I think it was a friend of a friend. This uh, person, Alex Ozelins, played French horn. My buddy John LaJoy ended up playing all the trumpet parts on there. Uh, a good friend and a good songwriter buddy of mine, Michael Hunter, played the violin, violins, and a colleague uh, from when I was in college, Alex Venson, who's like a professional orchestral upright bassist in like the Hartford awesome. Symphony Orchestra, ended up doing all those like double bass, that long like bowed double bass stuff. Mm-hmm. So as I as I was getting these tracks in from people, I was just like my mind was exploding because <laughs> I think the first ones I got back were the bass tracks and i was just like oh my god i i never get to use live strings on stuff so getting live double bass from like the bassist from the hartford symphony from the vermont symphony or like this guy's like he's this is what he does right like he spends eight hours a day playing bass classically um sounded amazing the violins came in next and i'm like oh this stuff works like i'm like oh my god this orchestration is working i couldn't believe it my piano playing didn't even suck, and it usually does. Like I was actually I was like, all right, go me. That fits. Um, everything sounded great. Trumpets, French, the French horn parts, especially. I never ever do French horn in anything. When do, in a pop song do you add French? Who am I, Paul McCartney? No. Like, but the French horns came in. I was like, that's that's the sound. That's it's ah, it was so good. Um, and I, being the nerd I am, am just sitting there in the session mixing and remixing for, like, months just because I like playing with all the knobs and, like, turning things up and, like, hearing different parts of it. And So we finally got um, a version of this locked, and we ended up doing a session with Morgan and, like, kind of working her through the song. And then I, I think you ended up singing uh, your parts. You gave me, like, three or four takes, and then we just comped it together, and it sounded great. Hmm. Like, what you sent for, for vocals was was dead on very little had to be done to it yeah before before she di- digs in because i i really want to hear from morgan because mm-hmm. this is a big thing but i just want to compliment her because one of the things that i i told her which was going to be a key because i think in the demo there wasn't because she was just learning the song there mm-hmm. wasn't a lot of acting going on in the song because she was just learning it and learning the lyrics and whatever. And I, I told her like, I want this to feel like a Broadway song. I want there to be a lot of acting throughout and find little moments to like speak through some stuff and whatever. And that's kind of, and we walked through it and, you know, I, I directed her the best I could, but like I couldn't be there when she was recording these things. And when I heard the final mix, when Tofty sent me the final mix of the song, which really wasn't that long ago. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, it took a long time. But when I finally heard it, I was just like, I, I'm not kidding. I was just like crying oh because my- because I was like, this is everything. It had taken so long to get to this point. And it was so perfect and exactly what I had always imagined. And Morgan's performance is so friggin' good in this song that I was just blown away and was just like weeping. <laughs> um, I, it was I, literally I, about a week before I finished the, the final mix and score on the episode. I think yeah. I sent you the mix. It was like that recent. Yeah, yeah. And it just it just completely blew me away. And uh, uh, just Morgan sounds amazing. And, and obviously the music sounds amazing. And um, yeah, I'm very, very grateful at how it was a long road, but I think it all turned out uh, worth it because this was um, this was amazing. This was the episode, I would say, that is the reason why we're just premiering now because <laughs> um, it just it took a really long time to get this uh, get this in the bag. That's what you get when you work with me. <laughs> Everything takes a really long time, but it turns out OK. In uh, but yeah, what was this whole process like for you, Morgan? I mean, first of all, I don't even know what to say because I'm trying to accept all of the like because comp- <laughs> it's hard. It's hard not to feel like cringe about for me, like hearing myself 
Like I didn't even want to listen to the episode right away. I was like, I don't want to listen to it. I don't want to hear out sounds. Cause also, yeah, I recorded this like forever ago. Mm-hmm. I remember where I was when Scott messaged me and he was like, do you want to sing like a Disney princess Broadway type, whatever song for geek by night. And I was like, Oh my God, what a dream come true. Literally. <laughs> but also can I do it? I'm a Broadway nerd for sure. But mm-hmm. I would say that I'm like musically gifted. Like I, you know, anybody can learn anything, but I don't know. I was very nervous to do this. So thank you for thinking that it was good. Also, also, just to point out like how long of a process this was, when I asked her, and I think even when we did the table read with that demo, I don't even think you were pregnant yet, and now no. you're a mother. Yeah. yeah I... <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a long road. Yeah. <sighs> I, I don't know. I feel like just voice acting in general has been such a evolution for me like I look at where I started with Geek by Night and like where I came and how much I see that I've improved doing that song was nerve-wracking as hell like I was yeah I was scared to do that but when I finally did it and then heard it two years later (laughs) well you also had to engineer your own session too from from remotely like it's not like we could sit you in a studio and we were all in a room together and we could give no like you you did that you engineered mm-hmm. your session you made sure it sounded good you performed it like kudos you did a yeah. lot on that one but yeah. tofty you made sure i sounded good in the end <laughs> in the end and put it all together and made it pretty um i don't know i mean i feel really lucky that I got to be the one that Mindy was the character, you know, like, I feel like I don't deserve that, but I do. It was really, (laughs) I feel, yeah, I feel so fortunate that I got to be able to sing that song. And it's hilarious that Mindy of all people, like you said, Scott, Mindy (laughs) of all people, she's the one who sang the song, like confessing her love for Simon and just all of her feelings I don't know. What a whirlwind. <laughs> this is definitely the coolest episode ever. <laughs> ever, ever, ever. Um, let, let's talk about Mindy for a bit, Morgan, because, you know, we're getting to the end of the series here. We've only got... No, uh... don't say that. <laughs> oh, well, we've crying. still got, like, a lot... In terms of runtime, we have a lot more Geek by Night left. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, in terms of <laughs> and then in 10 years, there's the inevitable re-reboot. Of course. Uh, right. Yes. We have to have our secret wars and everything. Um <laughs> But uh, Morgan, you've been playing Mindy for seven or eight years now, or so, um, mm-hmm. over you know forty plus episodes. And how how do you feel about the the series coming to an end? And and specifically, how do you feel about Mindy's arc? Um, you know, we don't want to give away any spoilers beyond this episode, but I'd like to hear your thoughts on on where Mindy is now and and how you feel about that. I could like cry thinking about this ending. Because it has truly been like one of the greatest things in my life. I don't, I've never done any voice acting before this or outside of this. So I don't know. This is like it for me, you know? I mean, hopefully I can do more after this, definitely. Because mm-hmm. I do love it. Um, I resonate with Mindy so much. And I feel like how she has developed in all of her character arcs, like, I feel all of that, Hmm. how I have grown as a person and developed. I mean, anytime I tell people about Geek by Night, I'm like, if you could have any superpower, what would it be? And they like tell me and I'm like, yeah, I would have the one I already have. So (laughs) like, she's the coolest. I think she's the shit. I think her power is the best. Like, I feel so confident in who she is as a character. I just like love to embody that. And anytime that I record, which it's really hard to like, get myself to record just to like set that time aside with how hectic my life seems to get. But anytime like I sit down to record, I'm like, why didn't I do this sooner? Like, I'm so happy. Like I truly feel like happiness and I, that's acting for me just in general. Um, you know, during, after you're like, Oh yeah, this is what it feels like to like feel content and happy. And like, I'm creating something and I just can't believe that like, 
Scott's my friend and that he asked me to do this and that he's like so incredibly talented. Like every script that I've ever read, I'm like, what the fuck? Like I get to do this. <laughs> I get to do this. I get to record this. No way. I just feel lucky. I don't know. And I think one of my favorite parts about Mindy is like seeing her grow, but also like her, her and Simon and their whole arc, like, mwah, just incredible. That's so fun too. Is, is this thing on? Oh, the red light means it's working. Well, red usually is associated with something bad, so you can understand my confusion. Well, in any event, salutations, underdog compatriots. It is I, the lovable and fully redeemed breakout character, Max Carmichael. I'm interrupting this self-congratulatory bit of bonus content with an important update. If you were one of the countless millions who listened to our latest episode and thought, well, gosh, I just love this incredibly catchy original song. If only I didn't have to trek through the minds of this blasted narrative every time I wanted to listen to Mindy Gibson humiliate herself again and again. Then boy, do I have good news for you. Because the chart-smashing hit song of our hearts, Making It Weird, is available for purchase right now at geekbynight.com weird. Think of it. Complete ownership and control over an entire MP3 file, free to download and copy as your heart desires, and all for the astonishingly meager yet wonderfully story-relevant price of a dollar. <laughs> but seriously, please consider buying the single. Streaming has gutted the pockets of the humble working-class musician to a state I fear we can never recover from. That's why I put all my money in comic book stores. <laughs> but you should buy the Making It Weird digital single from geekbynight.com slash weird. Go ahead, right now. I'll wait. I trust you've done it? Good! Enjoy! And now, back to the glorious bonus content. Um, Tofty, I, I want to ask kind of the same question to you. You know, you've you're saying goodbye to Max Carmichael, who you have played for a very long time, much longer than just the beginning of, of this iteration of Geek by Night. Um, you know, how do you feel about where Max is right now? How do you feel about saying goodbye to this character in a couple more episodes? Where are you 17 at? years, Tofty. Yeah. 17 years. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll start with, with the Max bit, but there's a, there's a bigger bit about Geek by Night in sure. general here that I'll talk about too. But um, I've always in the back of my mind you know even in in the old show you know in mark one or whatever we call it there is always a bit of me that's like ah max is gonna end up a good guy in all this somehow like it's hmm. gotta have he's far too likable of a dumb schmuck <laughs> to like let him stay evil like you have to he's got to be spike eventually right like he's got to be like there's something has to turn where like the intention has to be more good, but he's still kind of a, and I'm, it, I'm so happy that it did happen. Um, I was a little worried for a while that it wasn't going to, um, but I'm happy that he's where he's at right now and trying for lack of a better term to like figure out if this is, if he's going to end up being more of, you know, a, an ally or, you know, if, if it's not going to be his path, like, the the figuring out his place in all of it has been really fun. I am not an actor. I've never trained as an actor. I've never done theater. I've never done. Pl I've like I've I'm I'm a hack all the way through this. But <laughs> Max's stuff is just so like scenery chewy, like just good over dramatic stuff. Um, it I. I I don't know that I'm bringing anything unique to it, but the character is so much fun to to play. Like, I feel like it, I, I don't know how much I'm bringing to the character, but that character so fully formed and so much – it just jumps off the page anyway. Um, it's going to be really tough to let that go, to think that I'm not going to get to be Max anymore or have any more of these adventures or – see you know where the story goes beyond where it, it it ends up at the end of this run um and to the bigger point you know i've been doing geek by night since like the third episode of the original series i was involved with geek by night when that went off the air and corelli wanted to try to turn it into 
a comic book mm-hmm. or like mm-hmm. then there was like the idea of like maybe it was going to end up as like a like a tv like there was all these things like we're trying to get it off the ground in in the interim and i was always fortunate enough that you know he always came to me and asked me to be part of it in some way or another so this is a huge chunk of my life you know and then we launched the new one and i became the the musical composer for it which was not mm-hmm. a thing in the first run of the show mm-hmm. um it has taken a large amount of my time um which scott will tell you is uh, uh not always the easiest thing to deal with but i'm always happy to do it and it's going to be weird to think that i don't owe him something when this is finished <laughs> so right now i still owe him a lot of work but when that day comes where he's like all right that's it you're done <laughs> your obligation has been lifted i'm going to be like i what i don't know what to do with myself now um i'm gonna miss it it's a great show it's been a great thing to be a part of for jesus almost 20 years good god so there's gonna be like a spinoff right (laughs) (laughs) i mean i'd be down i can't say no to him none of us can say no to scott corelli that's that's his superpower (laughs) out of all of us (laughs) (laughs) just pitch everyone much higher yeah we'll do it i'm down i'm there uh, one episode per year we can handle that christmas specials only yes <laughs> um what uh what fond memories do you have in in terms of scoring geek by night you know the music is is plays such a big role in giving the show its personality and its tone um and there, there's been so many different tracks used in oh, yeah. you know across these 40 plus episodes mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, I mean, there's there's the handful. Like when I first came up with that underdog battle hymn, hmm. um, to me that was like, oh my god, that feels great. Like when when I first started, like that first episode of, of this series, there was a lot of like electric guitar involved and we kind of shifted away from that sort of vibe really quickly. Well, even before that the first your first pass on the first yeah. episode was totally sitcommy because that's right. what we did you know in the original mm-hmm. show mm-hmm. there was no composer but there was me with a guitar app on a on a Nintendo DS and I would play <laughs> little guitar riffs um and record them and those would be like little transitional pieces and that was it and so we was like oh I guess that's what Geek by Night sounds like so that's what I'll, I'll do a riff on that <laughs> only you know better and not on a Nintendo DS um and uh and then I was like oh that's not really the v- I want more of a Buffy vibe than like a sitcom vibe and and then it was like yeah the guitar stuff and then you know we went into like all of the synth stuff that that became sort of like the sound of the show yeah so there there's a few like I, listen i'm not gonna lie some of the music that i've composed has been like very like it's textural and like it's just it's i gotta fill a four minute scene like what can you do for four minutes that's gonna you know it's it's not all great but some of the stuff has been really fun to work on the uh, the underdog battle him the max and billy the monopoly hmm. comics theme is great the lorelei theme is one of my favorites in the whole thing mm-hmm. um you're so also a, killing it with the last man's theme, which just blew, which is just synthesizers galore. Oh my god, it just blew all of us away the first time we heard it. I, we were like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" So moody, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, it's been a trip because I feel like it's been so long between seasons that, like, sometimes I feel like this season sounds nothing like last season from from a scoring standpoint because my head is in a completely different space than it was. You know, season two, I was just like I was in it and it was like just cranking them out as fast as I could. And then there was this huge break between the end of season. I get to what is this season three? Are we in? Season yeah, three? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, <laughs> whatever we call it. Yeah. But like my approach sort of changes until I get a few episodes in. Then I'm like, oh, yeah. And then it's looking back through the library and seeing what I have. Um, I recently just put the all the old scores back up online again for, mm-hmm. for people to get. I'll do the same thing with this one, as well as a single mix of yes. making it weird, which I don't know, might end up on like Spotify at some point. If Corelli gives the okay. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> um, But yeah, it's, it's been really fun. It's hard trying to find what a character's like theme or what the, the vibe of a scene should sound like. But when I get something I think works, it, it's awesome. And then when Corelli gives the feedback of like that's perfect or you nailed it or like again that oh my god this is like whatever like when he likes it that makes it that much better 
there has been times when I've sent him like a full episode and he's like, not quite. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, shit. <laughs> All right, give me another two weeks. I'll fix it for you. <laughs> but that doesn't happen that often. Mm-mm. So beyond just the the music in the show and the scoring of the show, the the sound design of the show has evolved a lot. And I, I'm curious, Scott, you know, this episode is is so dense um, in terms of sound design with this huge action sequence at the end. Do you guys think you could have done an episode this big early on? Or is this something <laughs> that like over time you feel like you've been able to refine? Yeah, no, no, definitely not. Like I, I, uh, I didn't know what I was doing at the beginning. I mean, I wasn't even using the stereo tracks properly at the start. Um, <laughs> that's something that I learned, which came in big handy in this arc with the watchdogs. Cause I was mm-hmm. able to keep the watchdogs on the left channel and the, and the underdogs on the right channel so that you always know who's talking and where they are. Um, wait till we remix this for 7.1 audio. It's going <laughs> to oh, be boy. awesome. How many uh, channels? Oh my God. It's going to be great. <laughs> But uh, uh, no, absolutely not. I've I've learned so much as I've gone along. I've become more confident. I've taken bigger risks and bigger chances, both like in the scripting uh, place and then in the sound design as a result. Um, I'm just like a lot more confident on that side of things. Um, that being said, uh, there are many times in which I get... Um, very frustrated with writer me uh, because there are there was there's there's a there's a line in the next episode um, in that script that is literally like and then this happens good luck future Scott uh, <laughs> and I I curse my past self but then I figure it out and it and it I'm always uh, pretty happy with um, how it turns out so I don't think you get enough credit for all of the the sound design work that you do on this like it's i open up some of these because i do the final like just the volume mix on stuff Mm -hmm. but looking at the number of tracks that he puts in or like to get technical like you'll take a sound effects track and it's just you'll have like two sound effects tracks in most episodes but you've got 30 different sound effects weaving in and out and the volumes are Mm -hmm. all automated and they're panning left to right they're fading they're being extended or looped or like crossfaded like it's a you have a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on in those episodes um before they even get to me and it's you you do a whole other person's job on top of all the other jobs you already do yeah <laughs> you do it very very well i'm really tired um <laughs> Uh, yeah no i'm 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 uh really um i'm really happy with uh with with you know the sound design work this this year like this is the first time that i feel like i've really met my own expectations um in terms of like what i want this show to sound like so i'm just i'm just really really happy with how this season has been turning out so okay yeah so uh, before we close out here, I, I like to uh, have a moment for people to be able to give shout outs to anybody who had a great contribution to this episode is maybe not in the room right now. Um, so do any of you have anybody you want to call out uh, that also worked on this episode? I mean, Zach was like my favorite. <laughs> Joel, He's everybody's favorite. Joel, the whole <laughs> The whole British rock star thing, I couldn't get enough of it. I was like, I want to hear more. <laughs> I really, really liked writing the. So Corelli gave me the directive of like, oh, when they're having all these transfer- transformations, like maybe like little bits of musical cues for each mm-hmm. one. And I think, I don't know that you wanted me to do it as deliberately as I did it, but literally each person got like a five second, like independent theme and getting the guitars and the bass down for Joel's and just doing my best, <laughs> best like. Sex Pistols was like it was a lot of fun. <laughs> yes. Uh yeah, uh Zach recorded all of those um at my place and he was very self-conscious um because he is not super confident with his British accent and I was like oh, no. It lands. I, and it I, lands. I and I and it, it does. It does. But the thing that made him feel better was like no no, man, we wrote you an out. Charlie says the British accent is terrible. So no matter what you do, <laughs> you're fine. And then that like he was like, oh, and then it just he opened up and then and then did the thing. Um, it was a lot of fun. <clears throat> Secret superstar for the whole run of the show. Like yeah. uh, just so Seriously. good. 
Yeah. The fact that he started off as just like a one-off character in the pilot um, of Elliot's boss, and that was like, that was all he was supposed to do, and we just loved his interpretation of that character so much, we just kept bringing him back over and over again, and now he's just part of the part of the squad. Morgan, I feel like spinoff Joel, Max, and Mindy just go <laughs> start like a burger shop in like rural Idaho. <laughs> Yeah. I'm down. <laughs> I would absolutely listen to that. Yeah. yeah. Joel Joel sleeps in the freezer. Um, you know. <laughs> I enjoyed um Christina's little boy voice. Oh young yeah, David. For, for David, yes. <laughs> yeah. That was in uh, the in the score along with it, like the little kid's song in the background. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was great. I love uh, I, Simon as a Dracula, specifically a Dracula. <laughs> I'm not um, Dracula. That that whole bit that made me laugh harder than anything while I was writing. Like I was in tears, like laughing at Cosmo being like, "Is this what the dry erase board's for?" Um, <laughs> you know, like just like as we were writing that, I just thought like this is the funniest thing. Like it just tickled me so much. Um, uh, the idea of him giving exposition while sounding like a Dracula um, uh, <laughs> was just so funny to me. Um, and then uh, I also I, I, I want to shout out in general. Um, I have a really funny story uh, to share. So obviously we didn't get to, we, we didn't really talk about her um, in our in our last episode. But Naomi um, is so good in this arc and her sort of like tete-a-tete with Billy and these this sort of like ongoing conversation they have um, uh, throughout this. And um, the performance is so, so good. And you might be, uh, hopefully it all plays perfectly and no one noticed anything. Um, but uh, in the original script, uh, there there was no, um, you know, B- Billy and, and, and uh, uh, Lorelai totally transform into wacky characters and um the character that we came up with for Lorelai was uh Quint from Jaws um and she was going to be she was going to become Quint from Jaws um and she had like a monologue that was like a take on on the the whole like uh you know scratching on the chalkboard moment from Jaws and there was this whole thing um but uh the problem was either Naomi had never seen Jaws um or was completely unfamiliar with the character or the accent or any and she tried her damnedest um but she could not get this to work and she was like i'm like literally crying because i can't get this to sound good and i'm so sorry i'm such a failure and blah 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 and i'm like no 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 it's our fault we wrote you something insane um it didn't ask you first um and uh and also um um, billy turned into a leprechaun that was the thing he was a leprechaun and she was um she was quint from jaws and uh the little leprechaun like I don't know, they turn into will turn into a leprechaun or blah, blah, blah. or Quint from Jaws. Yeah, so that was so so basically I had Nick re-record something, um, re-record that line, and then just move on with the conversation. <laughs> and it it I think it turned out flawlessly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but originally um, that was uh, that was the case, and um, I just want to uh, compliment Naomi for trying her hardest to do this thing. And she, she is, is so good in this. She is so good. Yeah. And there's an episode coming up um, that might be her finest hour. Uh, and I am so excited for everyone to hear that. Um, it is also her doing uh, a mild impression. Um, and I'm, I'm, so, I'm so excited for everyone to hear that because I think she's uh, amazing in that episode. Um, and I think she's amazing in every episode. And Naomi, it's not your fault that you couldn't do an impression of Quint from Jaws. <laughs> I, I feel like here's, here's the thing, though, right? We've all gotten so used to Naomi just consistently knocking it out of the park. Like, mm-hmm. she's here. I'm raising my hand above the viewing area of the screen. <laughs> and, like, the rest of us are kind of, like, upper Midland. But she's always at, like, 110. She's so good mm-hmm. in everything she does that I feel I, I personally probably take it for granted more often than, than not Even that she's just like, read, I'm like, how is she killing this right now? It's a, yeah. <laughs> and, and every aspect, the comedy, the path like everything. She's just so like, everyone's good. Like I, I could say it about everyone, but like Naomi is like, 
I don't know. My, my hat's off to her. Um, and I, I always like Chris O'Connor is just another one who's just like, I don't think the dude's ever like had acting training, but he's just such a natural in the role. Like mm-hmm. these roles are these people. I can't separate them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And Naomi's doing an accent. That's the other thing. I forget yeah. that's not her natural accent. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Alan. Uh, yeah. Anyway, sorry for trying to make you be Quint from Joss, Naomi. Uh, <laughs> Could have made her the shark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what would that sound like? <laughs> Stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I would have loved to write the music for Lorelai as Quint. Yeah. <laughs> the Jaws theme somehow. <laughs> it's just, oh, yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, actually, I can uh, I can pull it up and read the original scene if you guys want to hear what that is. You have to do it in the like. accent. Yeah, absolutely. Um, uh, I am not going to do, do it the accent. In is... Naomi's accent, doing Lorelai's accent, doing Quinn's that accent. That is, um, you know what? I, I feel permission to give myself uh, to not do that because oh. if, if Naomi can't do it, I certainly can't. <laughs> um, okay. So, uh, uh, all right. So, <laughs> Uh, the scene in the scene, um, you know, Billy says, crap, Lorelai's like, what, what is it? And Billy says, he's doing it again in the episode. He was like, go push that button over there. And then, and then she does. And then, and then he's like, yeah, well, good. We just missed it. Um, well, the energy wave hits the building. There's silence for a beat. Billy's tiny scream as he plops on the ground. And then in a leprechaun voice, Billy says, oh, right in the Blarney Stones. Wait, why did I say that like that? Better get a look at myself here in the, oh, great, I'm a wee leprechaun. Nathan, you bastard. Ah, oh, I, got, I got the little green hat and everything. Is it, always, is it always going to be Billy Medina, Lord, that you cast your wrath upon? And then there's nails on a chalkboard and Lorelai says, well, now, the way I see it, you can cut nature straight down the middle chief on one end you got big them's with the tigers and the sharks and the lions and then on the other end you got small and billy boy the way i see it i'm on one end and you're on the other end the boot stomping end and billy says oh i'm shaking in fright what are you fixing to do lorelei throw a light beer can at me and lorelei says no i figure one good stomp of me boot ought to do it chief with that i get the head i get the body i get the whole damn thing (laughs) And Billy says, right, before you do that, would you mind hitting the switch over there? Um, And then uh, and then she does. And then they turn back to normal. Um, So. So, yeah. So that was that was the original. uh, That was the original version of the scene. And um, obviously those are two. Uh, uh, quite uh, uh, meaty little mini monologues for for uh, Naomi. And um, it was just way too difficult. (laughs) But, you know. Um, so there you go. I think the episode turns out uh, amazingly well uh, yes. without it. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway, it's fine. Any other closing thoughts on this very awesome, very weird episode? I this is one of the very few times I printed out all the sheet music for all of making it weird. And I like put it into a proper like score. So like my goal at some point is to assemble like a small pit band and play this whole thing live. Ooh. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's out there. That's so cool. <laughs> when the, when the musical premieres on Broadway, I did that right. for the underdog battle hymn as well. So maybe we'll do a one, two punch. <laughs> That'd be really cool. Wait, actually. My night should be a musical. It absolutely. Is. <laughs> every every it, just every other form of media. Yeah. Well. <laughs> oh god. I remember years. how hard the one song was. Um, you all might have forgotten. I have not. In, in my I'll spinoff never dreams. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, I had fun. It was a fun <laughs> one. Yeah. It sounds like you guys had fun. Honestly, that just really comes through. Like it's, you know, in 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 the final span of episodes for a show, you'd think that like they would be completely occupied with closing out things and and closing all up, but you guys really took some time just have a good time and enjoy these characters some more and and really really play in it and live with it and it really comes out. Well, yeah. I mean, you know, I for me this this season was all about one wrapping up the story 
Um, but also, I have long had a checklist of things that I have wanted <laughs> to do um, in this show. And, you know, one of them was a musical episode. One was like a wacky variant uh, episode. And somehow we found a way to do both of those in one episode <laughs> while pushing the plot forward. Um, so I will... I will uh, kind of be forever amazed at how well this season gets put together because to be honest when i when we get to the end of this there's nothing left in the tank like i (laughs) i I feel i feel like i got my entire wish list done um and that is um that that feels like a huge accomplishment and i am so happy that everyone is going on this journey with us um, and and that, uh, you know, all of my collaborators have been so supportive with the long waits and and everything um, and, and and all of the work that we put into this. Um, it's been a ride. And um, yeah, we're just getting started because uh, this season is nuts and it's just going to get crazier. So mm-hmm. not maybe not <laughs> crazier than this episode, but, you know, um, yeah. It's all up to interpretation anyway. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what your version of crazy is. <laughs> Very true. Scott, is there any part of you that's like when the audio series ends where you're like, I still think it could be a TV show. <laughs> I mean, well, look, y- yes, but I also think so- as a society, I don't I don't think Geek by Night is a thing that could ever be on TV now because why would anyone watch a show about made up superheroes when they could watch a show with like Daredevil in it? Um, you know, it's Daredevil just... doesn't sing. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just I don't I don't I don't I don't think anyone would want it, to be perfectly honest, um, as much as I would love that. And I would totally do it. Um, I I just don't foresee it being um, something that I could uh, uh, bring to the world, unfortunately. Um, not not right now. Like, when we created this show, it was, like, pre-Heroes, I think. Um, right. Back in, like, 2006, Six. 2007. Jesus. Um, so, yeah. Like, that was, like, a perfect time. It was like, well, we can't make a real superhero show, so let's have this, you know, this, this, it, this one. It'll, it'll come back around. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> one day. Yeah. There's a, there's a market for Wholesome the Boys. <laughs> yes <laughs> there's the elevator pitch there it is it's the boys but wholesome um, <laughs> it's like full house and the boys together <laughs> all right well i want to thank my guests so much for coming on today scott corelli scott tofty morgan spencer thank you so much for joining me and thank you to all of you the fans the underdogs for listening today if you'd like to support the show, please join the Dueling Genre Patreon at duelinggenre.com slash support. You'll also get access to classic Geek by Night episodes, scripts, and other behind-the-scenes materials, as well as bonus content from some of Dueling Genre's best shows, including weekly episodes of Dueling Genre Tonight. You can also tell your friends, families, and followers to subscribe to Geek by Night on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you are listening to this right now. Finally, if you like our show, please leave a positive rating for us on iTunes. Thank you so much for going beyond Geek by Night with us. Have a super day. Super day.